0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode one zero four one of the Lots On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening into Thursday. And thank you, as always, for joining us on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Today's podcast will be a two-part episode. Actually, this is part one. That you're listening to now with friend of the podcast, everyone's favorite. Tyler Jones is here, and momentarily Tyler will join me to talk about the NBA draft and some off-season topics, etc. Part 1 is a little bit shorter than Part 2, so I'm going to throw some news here at the top of Part 1, but please stay tuned for Part 2, which should be in your feeds at the same time, or at least similarly to when you're listening to Part 1. First, though, some news to hit on. Uh, first thing is a transactional, or at least a rumor mill kind of thing, from Dane Moore, who covers the Timberwolves at a very high level. Dane is very smart. He reported on Tuesday that the Wolves have interest in acquiring Danilo Gallinari from the Hawks. Um, you know, personally, I don't really see why Minnesota will want to do this. Not because Gallo isn't a good player, because he is, but the fit there is not exactly great. But they have not had too much at the four recently, so that maybe that sort of um, talks about that why they might want to do that. And also, they've been tied to a potential pursuit of John Collins, but they are over the cap, so it have to be a trade for Collins. Which is a lot harder. Same thing with Gallinari, but obviously the asking price would be a lot lower from the Hawks to get Gallo. Um, With that said, Gallo is making a lot of money next year, and he has a $5 million guarantee for the following season. So you have to match salary, as uh, the Wolves will definitely be over the cap, and the Hawks probably will be over the cap. At least according to this offseason. No other specifics there in terms of that reporting, but I would stress that having discussions... At this point, it does not mean all that much on its own. I would say, though, that I'd be pretty shocked if a two-team deal with the Hawks and the Wolves happened, and it did not include Ricky Rubio. That is the kind of common-sense approach here as to how um, the Hawks might sort of engage with the Wolves on a deal for Gallinari would be to get Rubio. Rubio had kind of a rough year last year, actually, in Minnesota. He fell off a little bit in a smaller role. Before that, though, he's been a competent You know, starting caliber point guard for a long time. Not a star by any means, but the Hawks don't necessarily need him to be one. Um, And he would fit pretty well with what the Hawks already have. He's a good defender. He's a good passer. He could play with Trey if you wanted to play him a little bit there, but more often uh, just back him up and provide that cushion behind Trey Young. He's making a lot of money as well, uh, a little bit less than though, about $17.8 million for next year, and he's a free agent after next season, so the Hawks will also shed a little bit of money from their books if they swap those guys. He would plug that back in point guard hole, more more importantly, but that can come up at a later date if there are more details, and uh, just to be clear, Dane did not report anything on Rubio, but if you just put the uh, rosters together and sort of where the Hawks are, I'd be, again, shocked if a one-on-one deal happened between the Wolves and the Hawks that did not include Rubio if it included Gallo going to Minnesota. So, for now, it's just on the radar. In some ways, Gallinari would make sense as a player to potentially examine in trade talks overall for Atlanta, given his role and salary, but we'll come back to that if anything more occurs. But that was the first, uh, I guess, rumor of the offseason, at least in terms of full front, full-fledged team plus player linkage. Um, elsewhere, there was a Hawks-related tidbit in a Pelican story from Jake Fisher, of Bleacher Report on Tuesday. He reported that, I'm actually going to read the quote to you now from, from the piece. Quote, Although in Atlanta, Nate McMillan is expected to bring his former Blazers assistant Joe Prunty along with his son, Jamel, who spent seven years with the Pelicans to the front of the Hawks bench, sources said. End quote. So nothing's been announced at this point in time. I want to stress that. It's just a report and it was also buried in the middle of a Pelican story so it wasn't like it was big front page level news from Jake. But the Hawks do have some openings on the bench with Nate McMillan. Uh, Melvin Hunt has been reported to be moving on. I can confirm that's definitely happening. Melvin is not going to be returning to Atlanta. That actually leaves two openings because the Hawks did not actually replace McMillan, um, something that I forgot, actually, and was reminded of, and uh, shouts to Bob over Peachtree Hoops for pointing this out to me offline, but um, when they promoted McMillan after firing Lloyd Pierce, they did not replace him, so that was already one opening, and then with, with Melvin leaving as well, that's two, and Joe Prunty and Jamel McMillan would be two. So nothing official there at all. Um, but if those two hires happen, the Hawks could also retain everyone else. By the way, their full staff currently at the moment is Marlon Garnett Chris Jett and Matt Hill, all of which are carryovers from the Lloyd Pierce regime. Um, And Chris Jett was actually here before Lloyd. Um, But regardless, that would be the staff if they were to just keep everybody in place. And also if the reporting is accurate from Jake and they were to add Jamel McMillan and Joe Prunty to the staff. So there you go on that. Prunty's been a long time guy. McMillan, obviously his son is young, actually younger than I am. He's in his uh, early thirties, but has been around the league for a while as well. So there you go on that. Last thing on the news front uh, Chelsea Lane the Hawks vice president of athletic performance and sports medicine since the summer of 2018 is no longer on Atlanta's public-facing staff directory and in a TV interview shared by the actually the. US Embassy to New Zealand she indicated she's, she's actually moved back to her home country to New Zealand and will quote be turning it her attention to sport back in New Zealand end quote so this is something the Hawks are are inclined to announce like those kind of staff movements. If it's, especially if it's somebody leaving, they're not going to announce that. Um, But all indications are here that he, she's not going to be returning to that role. They have not replaced her at least on the staff directory right now. So that's something to keep an eye on in the future. Uh, When he, when she arrived from golden state, There was definitely some fanfare there, and she drew some great reviews. She was part of the uh, sort of leadership team, moving them into the facility at Emory and all that stuff. The Hawks had a bunch of injuries this year, which might have uh, raised some eyebrows. But uh, I'm not sure what what the fallout is there, but it looks like she's not going to be returning for next year. And the player development slash training staff will have an overhaul of some sort as a result of that. All right. As a note here, before we get to Tyler, I recorded with Tyler on Monday night, so we do reference the finals a couple times. Understand this would not be heard till after game six, and while we're here, the Bucks, of course, won the title, uh, leaving the Hawks as, as the team that lost to the eventual champions in a uh, pretty competitive series, so you gotta feel pretty decent about that if you're a Hawks fan. Regardless, though, um, the Bucs is now on the title, so the season is actually over, finally, after a very long stretch of time. So we're officially in off-season mode, although the Hawks have been for a little while now. But just one more note there, this conversation actually happened on Monday evening with myself and Tyler. So if anything weird happens between those two things, and you're hearing this on Thursday or Friday or whenever you're hearing this, uh, that is explaining why. Okay, before we get to Tyler, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is Spotify Room. Spotify Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite teams, athletes, leagues, and sports. Spotify Room is the perfect place to start or join the conversation about any sports topic, team, or league, and you will find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, news reactions, the latest rumors, and much more. You can even find some of the hosts from the Lockdown Podcast Network discussing your favorite teams and storylines. The Green Room is a fantastic place to engage with sports conversations, either for diehards or even for more casual observers. Download the Spotify Green Room app for free right now, currently available in all iOS devices. From there, you'll want to be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA, NFL, MLB, or NHL groups for the latest league updates. You can find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and the Lifetime Podcast Network is all over the place to give you the latest insight on Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app right now. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. I'm joined now by an old friend, a frequent guest, and it's almost draft time. Tyler Jones is here. Hello, sir.
1: Hello, Brad. How you doing? Because uh, um, I don't actually know what day it is. Um, <laughs> we're, 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 it yeah,
0: <laughs> we're recording this a little early. I was telling Tyler, I think I said it already in an intro at some point, but uh I have to travel the week of the draft, so I'm trying to stack some interviews up and uh Tyler was gracious enough to be flexible with me. So we're recording a bit earlier than than you're listening to this, but we are now post withdrawal deadline as we're talking. So no uh unless something really weird happens, nothing's gonna change, hopefully. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, um, so you know, hopefully by the time uh the draft starts, everything is the same and with the draft prospect. So this isn't like, you know, ridiculous. But I I assume and I don't know, Brad. You correct me. I don't. I don't think the Hawks are going to do anything um, special with this draft pick. Like I don't think they're going to trade it up or down. I think uh, they're going to just stay put. Because, I, I, like I don't know. To me, uh, seeing the talent in this draft, I think twenty is a good range to be in. Because um, you can just pick, and considering what the Hawks need or don't need, uh, they can just pick best player available, whoever's there at twenty, um, and we can get into why they can do that later or, or so
0: yeah for sure we'll get into the hawks pick i, I do want to talk to you a little bit about, about the top of the draft too but in general i think that um the most likely scenario is staying at 20 you know it wouldn't stun me if they moved up a spot or two if they found a guy that travis just died, was dying to have or uh or or vice versa i suppose or even moving out if they were to do like a combination deal, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the most likely scenario would be staying at 20, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, I do want to get to the top guys though. Uh, oh,
1: oh, time out, time out. Do you uh-oh. think they're going to sell the pick for uh, luxury tax reasons? Since you were blowing up my mentions of luxury tax, I was, not, tax. That was I, that's I, I not, not. That's not what. Brad, that's Brad, not what happened. That's not what happened at cannot all. Cannot believe. You brought the luxury tax talk. That's not what happened into my life. It's not what happened. I I, 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 I live in the real I yet. live in the real world, Tyler, and I, I, I and didn't I know. Think we were there yet, Brad? I didn't think we were we were at luxury tax time because when, when you start talking about luxury tax, man, do what, the, listener, understand something. <laughs> Things I don't care about. We shouldn't. Is the. Owner having to pay more money,
0: and you should not care and for I, something related to a tax. I said that a lot too. God like, and that's, forbid,
1: that's the thing. God forbid, a millionaire or a billionaire in this
0: country pays
1: any type of tax.
0: <laughs> Listen, God forbid. I, you and I, by the way, you and I are aligned on that. I, I don't, I don't care. I also uh, have to live in in the real world where I, I it will, oh, it, oh, will I, it will, it will be I just, a consideration.
1: I'm just, I'm just priming the conversation for, uh, you know, the owner um <laughs> it, I, I thought he wanted to be one of the big dogs but he I may, mean, maybe he will if, be
0: maybe he will be we'll if, see. if
1: he if he's scared of a little tax right now when you know Austin win going title next year nah we can't we can't we can't bring back the squad back oh no, they can bring, can't bring they can, back. they can do it back. that's the
0: thing they, they can they can bring everybody back We're and not, be
1: under the tax there's no for, i'm for like next, for next
0: season uh, the season after that they can't really do that but uh, next season they can they can pretty easily get under the tax but anyway i i didn't mean to like throw off your whole day that day i just nah, wanted man. to make sh- I, 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 just wanted I, to say I
1: it i remember the conversation wrestler wrestler went up to all the, all the quote unquote core five he was like yeah we can keep us all together baby no problem i got the money well and then and, and then and then, and then, they, and then he had it all that and then and then we make the eastern conference finals all of a sudden he's talking about hey, we got to be smart with our cash. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, oh, what changed?
0: Exactly. He he
1: didn't think they were going to be this good.
0: No. Oh, it's not that they're this
1: good. Oh, we got to hold up. You know, I was selling coke drinks to them boys. I wasn't about to pay them. Yep. Is is that what you're telling me, Brian? Well, listen. He didn't think think they were that. Wrestler wrestler didn't think (laughs) them boys were that good. And then he showed them up. And now he's like, oh, man, I don't want to do it.
0: I, I think I, I, i'm
1: too scared like i'm too scared of that repeater tax I, I ain't got big money like balmer
0: well I'm yeah i mean money. there are basically you know, two owners even in the though league I made, that do even it. though i
1: made bank during this recession but w- w- we'll set that aside about the <laughs> recession profit wrestler somehow made wow there
0: are, there the are basically uh so there are basically two two teams i guess maybe okay sorry no three teams if you count the warriors uh the warriors uh, if you
1: count the blazers I don't know if you counted the Blazers but you should. Yeah, I guess uh, they uh,
0: now that I, I think Al- that Allen, in the post I mean, Allen, Allen family, world, maybe they maybe they won't. But they did spend a lot of money for a long time.
1: I mean, they have they have the cash. Or yes. put it that way, they do have the money.
0: But it's the you uh, know, the Clippers, the Clippers are Paul doesn't care, and he'll spend whatever he has to spend. Uh, yeah,
1: cuz he'd rather do that than pay his taxes. But go on. Well, yeah, go no,
0: on, I'm right. I'm with you. This is a whole other conversation, but uh all, my only point is I don't think the Hawks are going to are going to pay the tax this season. And you notice it too, uh, Tony's comments, they were not, like, terrifying. But him kind of going out of his way to say, whoa, now, we may not be able to spend all this money in the future was definitely an eyebrow raiser. That's all I'm saying. It was. I
1: mean, relative, because if you go back to quotes he used to say, what he was saying last year about this team, about how we can keep the
0: squad together.
1: He was like, he he talked to these boys individually, like, yeah, no problem. We, We can sign all of us. No, no problemo.
0: Until it's real. And then then, then, is, then the money, then the money's real. And you got to think about it a little bit.
1: they he actually has possibly the best team in Hawks history. Possibly the best. I mean, Brad, uh, they're probably the best team in Atlanta sports right now at the moment. Oh, they're, they're,
0: I mean, there's, they're probably at the moment. I mean, the Braves were supposed to be good and then they're not. So yes, it's the Hawks and everybody else in Atlanta right now. No question about that. Uh, he,
1: so you you're just so wrestler's just priming us that he's gonna go liberal media on us. I was saying we got a budget, even though there's a there's an actual cap that you can actually spend up to, and you can spend a bit over it before you get to that luxury tax. But Tyler, you
0: know. Tyler, I swear to you, I swear to you, if they if they don't if they let if they let Collins walk, you and I are talking that day. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going to have to, uh, get the, get, get the bleep button ready. I'm sure for what for your, for what your reaction will be. If they don't, oh, don't like, we're going to have to mark,
1: we're going to have to mark minutes down we're gonna uh, have to mark some minutes. I'm going to have some
0: edits. Yeah. That's going to be the case, but I don't know. I don't want to derail it too much, but yes, uh, I did dare talk to you about luxury tax and, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I don't care about Tony's wallet at all. Uh, not even a little bit. I hope he spends all the money in the world. That'd be great for me. Um, Listen. He can't find another investor? The sucker? Like, oh, <laughs> what 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 are you what, Maybe they can not I mean honestly
1: I thought I thought Russell was big dogs.
0: They're going to make money I, I'm now. I'm just
1: confused. I mean, and yeah, so that that's what this is what happened. They actually could actually turn a profit now. And like, hold up, I'm not about to pay a tax while this team can make a profit. Uh just got to turn uh, the title, got got to
0: so. turn the gulch into uh the Atlanta version of the, uh, of the Milwaukee, uh, what's that place called? The Deer District. Got to, got to turn the I gulch into that. District. Get out there yeah. and fire away. Let's go. Um, anyway, um, okay, before, before we get completely, de- completely derailed, uh, let's go to the top of the draft because, obviously, this is not where the Hawks are this year, but it's always the, in, the intriguing guys at the very, very top. I know you have some takes. I know you're not an Evan, Mo- an Evan Mobley guy, for, for reference, at least, at least on, your, on your Twitter on your, on your I'm Twitter so feed.
1: out on Evan Mobley. He's third. I I I think he should go third in the draft, Brad. Right? I'm just out on him. That's not out. It. That's not that's, that's not Mobley. Exactly, exactly, Brad. But
0: no, I I just saw you. Yeah, sl- I, I saw you, I you saw you, I saw you slandering big men just as as a, as a group on your on a Twitter page talking about. Mowgli. Well, let's
1: start let's start let's start with Mobley. I'm slandering him in particular because the Jaron Jackson vibes he gives me are too powerful at the moment. Uh, um, I feel. That he's more of a tweener than everybody he wants to admit. In that, I don't think he can play center full-time in the NBA. And if he can't play center full-time in the NBA, then he's just an average offensive uh, four. If he can't shoot, which I don't think he's going to be able to, first couple. Like, I, you know, projecting shooting is tough. Like, Jaron Jackson is a special shooter for his position. I don't think Evan Mobley will ever be that good as a shooter, even though he has, you know, I think he has better field, better ball ball skills or whatever. And I think he's a better rebounder. I mean, you can't be worse than Jaron Jackson as a rebounder, uh, defensively. But I, I just think uh Mobley's lack of strength is gonna be a real problem. Like you're gonna wanna play him alongside another big man and that just kind of that just dampers his value to me. So like when and when I'm getting annoyed about evan mobley is the idea that he's uh anthony davis level or joe lmb level and he's just not like though like i know what the advanced metrics said um you know there there are some metrics that suggest that he's up there with some of the best uh big men in the game today who played one year in college but like um, maybe this is just a scout thing, like a field thing. Like, MB dominated in college. Anthony Davis was a dominant basketball player. Carl Anthony Towns was a truly dominant big man in college. Like, Mobley was good, and he was good for his age. But um, if you're going to – like, to me, I just don't see how you could justify taking him over either Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green based on his profile, not that he won't be a good basketball player or even an all-star caliber basketball player. Cause he, I mean, he does have real talent and real skill level, but there, when you're a big and you have flaws in your game, um, like it's just, it's just so hard. It's the toughest, like it's the toughest position to be great at right now to me in the NBA, because one, there's so many good big men, in the NBA right now, and two, if you're not, if you have a weakness in a certain matchup, a certain big man would just absolutely annihilate you. And, like, in a playoff series, that that that's the series right there. And so, like, uh, to me, like, I, I think my biggest, my biggest knock on Mobley is his lack of strength and his okay rebounding is not great, but that was in college. Like, in the nba when he's going up against i mean we we don't need to talk about the the best like i'm not even talking about capella but like valentine is going to eat him up uh vucevic is going to eat him up if he's purely if he if you're asking him to guard these guys three years from now like i like i just don't see him building up the bulk and um that he's going to need to compete with those guys on the glass and you know in one-on-one post-up situations in which if you're in a playoff series, that could be the deciding factor right there. Um, it's just that, and just that you have to play him at the four against certain matchups instead of the five full time. Like, I-, I think there's a real, to me, like early projection, he can beat these projections, but like, to me, just early looking at it, like, I've, I've, that's, what, that's what scares me uh, with, with Mobley. Um, I really my my thing is just pushing back on the idea that he's he's going to be one of these truly special big men like he like I, I I feel like there's a difference between Mobley and what uh Victor uh,
0: Wem yeah <laughs> he's uh going to be Victor Wambo yeah however you say Victor Wambo
1: I I should be able to pronounce his last name um I just don't have it in front of me you have like a year I, I you, you, speak- have a, you
0: have like a year and a half left I do, do speak that.
1: some I, I I speak a good amount of French so like I should be able to. Uh, say his last name, but like I, I, like I just need to look at. I don't have. I don't know how. To, I don't know how it's spelled. So, <laughs> but like he, he's like, like even though that that kid is super skinny, he's got all the tools in the tool toolbox, and he's
0: like he's just bigger. Well, there, there's I a mean, reason he is seen as the best prospect in the world of any age, basically. That's not the NBA. I should say. Uh, so, yeah, and he's... even
1: even going going on another route like Chet Holmgren, like compare um, Mobley to Chet, like. Chet's super skinny too, but I think Chet can actually be very good at the power forward position because he he's just more natural with the ball in his hands compared to Mobley, who is good with the ball in his hands for center. But it's a different position at power forward. And if you're gonna be that type of offensive player at power forward, you kinda you gotta be good three point shooter. You gotta be able to make everything around the rim. You gotta be able to make um uh, mid-range jumpers like Anthony Davis. Um, there's just a lot of technical stuff. You got to be good at to be a plus player, um, playing the four when your best position offensively is going to be the five. So, but that's just my, my biggest concern really is with Mobley on the one that because he's not going to be able to be your full time center, you're going to have to play him at the power four position. If you're playing him alongside of a center, how much does that cut into his offensive value? Um,
0: Yeah, no, I I get it. If you don't think he can play center, it definitely changes the... uh, And and let me... It's not that I don't think he can play center. I do think he can play
1: center. But I just think, like, in playoff settings against the best teams, is he going to be able to hold up against DeAndre Aiden physically? Or... Because that's the series right there. Like, if he can't do that, then you got to play him at the four. Now you're playing a game of... Who's your center? Like now, your center's got to be really good too, and, and it, it, it's why the powerful one, why the power forward position is such a tricky position in today's NBA. Uh, this is why John Collins going to get paid a lot of money, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's because he's good at a lot of things, but like it, it's just a tough position to be good at in today's NBA because of how the floor is now spaced and all your responsibilities is as a power forward today, and so. Um, offensively, um, defensively, I I think he's going to be pretty good, uh, especially at the four. Uh, if he gets to be, if he, if he's not the guy, you know, if he does, if he's not asked to box out the biggest, strongest guy on the team, I think he's going to be really good defensively. And I think he, he can be a special defender. Um, and, but if he can play the five full time, like, you know, I, I still, I probably still wouldn't, I, I I still wouldn't draft him over Jalen Green because I. If we move on to Jalen Green, yeah, let's let's
0: do Jalen Green now because number one, I guess. Do you have K number one before we keep going? Before Tyler answers that question, we will uh, hear from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for absolutely everyone? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites. But if you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, Cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and available this week only. Get the new Bilt Bar flavor, it's Grasshopper cookie. What does it taste like? Well, this is Bilt Bar's version of the classic thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all of that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. My favorite flavor always changes, but this is one of my favorites. It's fantastic. If you haven't tried all of the flavors just yet, you can get a mixed box where you'll get to choose. We'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are the Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also very healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180, only four or five grams of sugar, and only four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. If you order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry whatever you like, Bilt Bar is the place to do that, and it's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you get 15% off on your next order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's 15% off your next order if you use the promo code LOCKED15. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also sponsored by the good folks at RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models in the car or truck world, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless questioning from someone at a storefront and have to wait while someone at the counter orders the parts on the computer, only choosing the brand that the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com right now, both at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the audio and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need. Just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is uniquely and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, your truck. And from there, you went right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com do you have K number one before we keep going?
1: You know, it's funny. I go back and forth with K all the time. I think, I guess I do. But, like, if the Pistons go out here and take Jalen Green number one, uh, I'm not going to be one of these people uh, poo-pooing them for doing it. Like, I think Jalen Green is going to be an explosive scorer in today's NBA. Like, truly, like, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal level of shot maker at the two guard position, elite athleticism, like he's got, he's got a lot of tools in his toolbox already. And he's only 18 going to be 19 next year. So, um, I, his jumpers already, uh, rock solid, um, uh, incredible athlete. Uh, and he can get to his spots with his handle due to his elite quickness. Um, so like to me, uh, I I think he's a clear cut number two, um, but like I think there's a case to be made for him being number one just due to I think he's gonna have a great it's it's weird I think even though he's not he's not a point guard and he's not gonna be the guy you want running your offense but I think if he's your folk I like him more as a focal point of your offense more than K Cunningham if that makes sense to you, Brad, like I, I, mean, I it, just,
0: it, the thought process I, makes sense. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I agree with you, but I at least understand it. Like.
1: My thing with Cade always comes down to, I just don't like how unexplosive he is. Um, a lot of his damage in college. I mean, besides the uh, shot making from three point range, which, which he didn't show at the lower levels until he got to college. Um, you know, his pull up three point game, was pretty pretty good but like i really don't like how he gets to his spots like it's a lot of i'm bigger than my man and i can shoot over him which he's going to be able to do it in the nba too because he's a big guy um you know at six eight six seven and 220 plus pounds or what however big he is like he's he's going to be big but you know, a lot of, uh, he did a lot of damage early in college, which I hated. And while super down on him, Brad, was that a lot of his damage early in the college season was I'm just going to post up these smaller guys because I'm like, I'm literally the biggest guy on the floor um, at Oak State uh, going up against these other teams that, you know, play four guys who are 6'4 and under. And I'm just going to shoot over everybody because nobody can even contest my release point. And I'm like, to me, that's not going to be the case at the next level, if, especially if he's going to be your number one focal point option, which I think, you know, like I I just don't see the scoring acumen for him, like the elite level scoring that you have to be uh, compared to Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green's going to be a better like volume score while potentially even being more efficient uh, just based on the ease with which Jalen Green gets to his spots uh, compared to where Cunningham, it's a lot of I'm beating guys up to get there, which I like if he's going to be able to do against certain teams and certain lineups, but against the best teams, I'm not sure he's going to be able to just physically punish, um, punish uh, and get to his, get to his spots on the floor. Cause he's not really blowing by his man. That's really my thing with Cunningham. That said, he's the better passer um, and like he can be your quote unquote point guard uh, for an offense. And so that's why I, and again, like what he showed with his three point shot making was something he didn't show before. And that's something that, that, that interests me more than anything else other than game. Like to me, like his offensive profile, like I like his shot making from three, but everything else I'm kind of iffy on and I got to see it at the next level. Whereas Jalen green is kind of, Like he's like carbon copy of what Zach Levine is doing right now. Now he's not going to be as good as Zach Levine day one, but I'm saying his projection and like Zach Levine, I think it's, I think Zach Levine is incredible. Like he had an incredible year last year. I, I don't think he missed the jump shot and I, and um uh, yeah just, combine ask the, that just,
0: with, just ask the Hawks I, I was in the building for one of those where he just didn't mess for a quarter and, a and half. it's
1: not and, and it's not just the jump like it's that jumper and then if he blow by blows by his man he's going to finish over a contest because of his elite athleticism and I think Jalen Green can do both of those things same way Zach can and that's what that's what I think that's why I'm I sound like I'm higher on Zach I mean on uh Jalen Green but like I think Cunningham is the safer prospect but I can see I can see Green being the better pro uh, but you know with Green's lack of size though at the same time and like Cunningham's the way better defender and all that good stuff but I'm not somebody who's going to harp on a, a an 18 or 19 year old's kid's defense like that's something that we, we kind of don't know with any of these guys if they're going to be good defenders or not until they show it in the NBA
0: yeah, no, I, I get, I get all that. I, I think that um, defense is really tricky, especially when it's effort based. Like, if you if you have the physical tools, that that matters a lot. Like, you can see some stuff, but like, Joe Green has a, has the tools to be fine defensively. Like, that's not going to be. He may not be. He may not be. I mean, he might be bad. There's no question. But um, but that's the
1: thing. Like, also at the same time, you know, the era of basketball that we're playing in. Like, I don't want Kay Cunningham guarding the team's best offensive player if he's going to be my number one option. Yeah, if
0: if he's your guy. I mean, yes, I I totally agree. Like, for the most part, with with few exceptions, you're not – like, one-on-one matchups between the best guys on the team on the wing just don't happen very often. Like, maybe in the fourth quarter of games, like, you might stick Kawhi on the other guy to shut somebody down or whatever, but, like – Nobody's coming out in quarter one and wanting to put their best guy in the other, on the other team's best guy. It's just not what happens, <laughs> practically speaking. Even in the playoffs. like you might, you might do it more in the playoffs, but it's not something that teams want to do. They want to be able to save those guys for offense, and that makes sense, honestly.
1: Speaking of Kawhi,
0: Uh-oh.
1: how dumb was it of the Clippers to tank for a Mavericks team that showed that they can score against them consistently in the playoffs?
0: Uh, it was not when a good idea have, I, mean, I know they i when know they, they won could that series they have just but... played
1: the Trailblazers and yeah. Cruz. <laughs> what were they thinking
0: i mean at least, they, at least i like, mean i think the, honestly, at least they won,
1: i but... think they would have less effort uh if the lakers were healthy like i think like just the physical and mental like physical and mental effort i'm not saying they could they would they might have lost the series against the lakers but it would have been mentally less taxing to play the Lakers in the second round and what they had to deal with the Mavericks in the first, like the Mavericks are such a unique, like where you have to play Kawhi Leonard at all times on Luka Doncic, or you're just going to get eight up. Like that's like, like they overthought it. And now like that might've cost them the type, like that might've cost them the championship. And, you know, I guess that's a pause for another day, but like that, that decision right there, like, Ooh, like that's, and now Kawhi's hurt. Like man, I I don't know with the with the Clippers. They might they might have blown it. And
0: yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see with them. Um, because we're uh, because we're you and I, we're probably gonna have to go to t- go to two parts on this podcast, which is oh, fine. Crap. Uh, My bad. No, no, it's fine. I <laughs> want to ask you about Jalen Suggs too before we go away from this because uh, I know of at least one person who has been on this podcast that people actually as you and I are talking, people have not heard this yet. But uh, I know Sam Messini has Jalen Suggs number two. Um. There are people that like Jalen Suggs quite a bit. I'm not quite there with Jalen Suggs, but I think I, I I have him for. Uh do you like Jalen Suggs? Where are you on Jalen Suggs?
1: I'm kinda weirdly indifferent to Suggs. I think in part. It's not that I don't like him. It's just that I just don't think he's like, I just don't think he's a, like to me, he's not as explosive as Green. And he's not as good as Cunningham. Um, I yes. thought he was earlier earlier in college and then Cunningham just kinda went went supernova and carried a mediocre Oak State team to the tournament. It, it, the like, con- okay, the context okay.
0: too, like, you know, we've I've said this a lot of times, but Suggs, Suggs environment around him was as good as it possibly. Yeah, could Suggs, be. <laughs> Suggs played with
1: some real, real hoopers um in a in a spaced environment. And a lot of Suggs, like to me, like he I, I don't think he has it in him to be an explosive scorer. And he also isn't somebody who I want to be my number one primary guy. Um, And so, for those two reasons, is why he's lower than those two, and why I can justify taking a big over him um, because of that. Because I just don't, not that he can't get there potentially, but like, you know, Suggs, he's kind of Drew Holiday esque, which is a good basketball player. At the same time, I don't want Drew Holiday being the sun, moon, and the stars of my team. Whereas Cunningham, I'll definitely do that. And with Jalen Green, I don't want him being my everything. I'd like him to play alongside a point guard to set him up. But at the same time, like as my number one scoring option that every team needs a shot creator and a shot maker if you want to do anything in the playoffs or in the regular season, Orlando Magic. Like you, you need that type of basketball player. I just don't think Suggs is that level of talent. I, I think he's going to be good though, um, and I, I always I, I like his game. I like his physicality, but I I don't see the I don't see the elite passing that he needs. The elite passer that he needs to be, and you know he kind of if, if you think about it, uh, even though he played with a lot of vets, like considering. Um, like if he was going to be the number one or number two guy, he would have he would have did more at Gonzaga than what he showed. Granted, he played with a bunch of like juniors and seniors who were ready to win, but still, like elite talents find a way to really put their mark on a basketball team. And I think I think Jalen Suggs was a key cog, but he wasn't like the guy for that Gonzaga team. So like that's why I'm okay with taking a big over if I, if if that makes sense to you, Brad.
0: Yeah, it does. Um sucks is interesting. I, I, there's nobody that I, I love behind him. I, I my I don't have too many concerns with him. It's more that I don't know what his path to like being a superstar is. Like I, I think exactly. he's going to be good. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but also behind him, like, there's nobody that I'm convinced of either. So I still have him for just because I don't love anybody else. Um, bef- before we get to – because obviously there's this whole group of guys that the Hawks can't really get their hands on without a huge trade – is there anybody else that you like in that, like, 5 to 12 group um, that you want to talk about for a second? Or is it just, like, kind of all flat to you?
1: Uh, I've always liked Moses Moody. Um, Me too. I think he's going to be good. Um, I, I'm, I'm finding it baffling that, that there are guys who aren't good at anything that are wings and are projected to go higher than him. Uh, like like who <laughs> like who like Kaminga? Can, yeah. can, can you how, can you explain this Kaminga thing to me? Why I can, is I can he try.
0: Uh, a it's...
1: top five lock outside of did 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 he sign a deal that because he played for the G League team that he's supposed to go top five? Like
0: I think he, uh... he
1: to me, Brad Kaminga should be somebody late lottery, and he should be in theory. In the Hawks range to be drafted based on what he did,
0: but yeah, but he he won't be. But I understand what you're saying. No, it's it's interesting to me because I I'll I'll try to tell you why, even though I don't really believe this. I think it's mostly that he was a a class below this and up reclassifying up, and he was seen as you know if not the top guy in that class, one of the one of the top guys. He goes up. He has his best game of the G League was in his first game. So, And that's the one that people were just like ready to watch because it was the first game and he had a really good game. And people got very really excited. And also, I think more importantly than any of that, is that he's super young and he looks like he's supposed to be an NBA player. Like, he's 6'8". Um, he's, he's the archetype physically, I want to stress physically, that everybody wants. Like, he's that 6'8", power athlete wing, and... People just kind of stop there, I think, a lot of the time. Because I'm with you. He's not very good right now. Like, I think that's not even up for debate. He's not a very good, I mean, obviously, good by professional NBA standards basketball player. So it's really a projection of this guy has the tools and the body, and then that's kind of it at the moment. Like, I think defensively he could be pretty interesting, almost regardless, because he is such a freak athlete in a lot of ways. But um, offensively, there's not a whole lot to, like, hit your wagon to right now. His shooting is not there. His decision-making is not really there. Uh, It's just that he's 18 and looks like that, I think, in terms of, like, just the physical profile. That's got to be what it is. I don't know.
1: I mean, it's just a – he's a very – like, he's super raw. And I I cannot believe the Magic would even think about drafting somebody like him, considering – the money they've already spent on their, like they've they spent real money to re sign, uh, I mean, to uh, extend their guys already. Like, they should be in the next phase, but they're going, but they, I don't know. Coming, like, to me, to scared would scare me way too much if I was in a lottery. Kaminga would scare me way too much to draft him that high. Like, there's just too many things he has to work on. To just be competent, like, well, there, there's there are teams what that you, can do say it. Say what like... you want, say what you want about Cam Reddish, all the bad. Cam Reddish is a consistent catch and shoot jump shot away from being really good. Like that's if, if the one thing holding Cam Reddish back is that because he's already a good defender, and he already does so many other things with the ball in his hands. When defenders respect his jump shot, when they don't kind of poops to bed because he just like he can't get that separation because of his lack of explosion but the skills are there except for the consistent shooting. Kaminga I watch him like the clips that I watch and, and like some of the G United I mean G League stuff I saw from him and I'm, I'm like he he doesn't do anything and like he doesn't use his athleticism either like like he's not Josh Smith athletically, where Josh Smith, I, I'm for he doesn't have he doesn't even have the ball skills that Josh Smith had at the same point of their careers, and he's not nearly the the athlete or the basketball player. Like to me, Kaminga, I look at him, I'm like, he's a run and jump robotic athlete that needs to learn how to play basketball. And to me, that's not somebody I would think about taking in the lottery, especially if I don't have. A primary creator to make his life easier. Like,
0: I was going to say, I think the team—the really team that really should take him, if you're going to pick one in the lottery—is Oklahoma City, because they have all the time in the world for him. They have Shea. They have you know. They, there's not pressure, and, to and they're not
1: trying to, and they're and they're not trying to win at all. Like right. That's what I mean. I mean, he, it's he's, just okay. You know, Adam Silver just gave the okay that it's okay, <laughs> okay for the Oklahoma City Thunder to just
0: because it's a small market. They don't have to worry about Philadelphia media.
1: Go crazy. Um, everything um that's important to basketball even though we changed the rules to screw the hawks over when they decided to do it but you know i guess it didn't matter we ended up we ended up making it to the eastern conference finals you know even with adam silver uh you know being a loser because the sixers you know did their little process or whatever so I guess that's a topic for another day, but like besides the point, like if you if you don't if you don't have no plans of winning in the next five years, yeah, take Kaminga and hopefully he pans out. But like I, to me, I just think there are a lot of good basketball players in this draft in general. Like a F- Franz Wagner, like he's going to be good. Like I, I don't care that he's not going to be a superstar. It like take good basketball players that are young and then maybe they can develop some skills that'll make them even better than what they could be. Right? Like, take guys you know who are going to be good. I, I think, like, if you want to take away what Schlank has done is he's not cared so much about fit, more as I'm going to take guys who are talented and guys I know who are going to be productive at the next level. Like, and I'm not going to care that John Collins is a tweener. I'm not going to care that Kevin Herter... Can't play with Trae Young because they're they're too skinny or whatever. Like I'm not going to care about that. I'm just going to take the best talent if they're there. So, like, I I I, and to me, like as a as an athlete, Kuming is an incredible athlete. But as a basketball talent, that's a different discussion. And I don't think he deserves to be like just locked in top ten lottery when guys like Sharif Cooper or even Jaden Springer might fall to the Hawks at twenty, which I think is absurdity
0: but uh that that is a good place to uh wrap up this part and we'll get into uh get into the hawks in part two so tyler we're gonna cut it off here and we'll be back again uh probably at the same time honestly but stay tuned for part two this is part one signing off be right back with tyler